Good evening, everybody. Uh, my name is Edith Bowman. Thank you for joining us for this wonderful BAFTA Q&A. And I hope that some of you have taken the opportunity uh, to watch this incredible film uh, that we're about to talk to Ron and Michelle about. Please welcome this evening's guests. Uh, first up, filmmaker Ron Howard. Thank you so much for joining us, Ron. How are you, sir? I'm well, a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and please let me introduce to you the wonderful Michelle John. Michelle, thank you so, so much for joining us this evening. How are you? I'm good. Thanks, Edith. I'm fine. Feel healthy. Hang in there. Um, thank you so much for sparing the time to talk to us about this, this, in, this incredible film. Um, Ron, if you don't mind me starting with you, I just wanted to, to ask, you know, this was, this was, um, and incredibly, as soon as the film starts, you're, you're, you're in, you're in this experience, you're, you're, you feel like you're part of it and you're going through it with all these, these characters that, that we learn and, and get to know and, and feel part of. But what made you want to tell this story and, and make this film, first of all? Well, as is always the case, you know, we're horrified by these events when we see them, you know, reported uh, and uh, read about them. But uh, th in this instance, it it was all a little more personal to me um, because uh, I have a lot of relatives in Reading and my mother-in-law who passed away some years ago, but at, lived for about five years in paradise. So I'd, I'd been to that town. I'd, I'd seen it at its bustling best, you know? Yeah. And uh, so my, my, my very close relatives were in Reading. They survived, you know, what was called the, the car fire um, and although they were threatened by it and had to evacuate and things like that, but you know, but all, all's well that ends well there. And then within what a month, a week, a few weeks, now there's another fire. Mm. And um, my uh, my assistant, longtime assistant, uh, who also knew everybody up there, Louisa Vellis, she she said, well, "That's it's so powerful. You've been have you been looking at these images of paradise?" And I said, "Yeah, it's just heartbreaking." Uh, and because the devastation was so complete, Redding got hurt, but Paradise was, you know, flattened. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, and it was it was actually her who said, "I wonder how they're going to rebuild." I mean, rebuilding Paradise is a story. And uh, immediately went to our our documentary group at Imagine Entertainment, Justin Wilkes and Sarah Bernstein, and said, I, "You know, I'm I'd like to make a verite documentary. I've been looking for a subject." I, I, I'm very curious about this story. I'm heartbroken by it. And I, and I, I feel it on a personal level. What do you think? And within a couple of days, we, we, we had the support of Nat Geo to, to go cover the, the story. Um, and, um, you know, and so that's, that's what we began to do. And we, we learned, uh, we learned so much. Our idea was to, to sort of come and go, with real regularity over a period of about a year and just, you know, learn from it, Sh mm -hmm. uh, share what we learned. What is it, what's it like once the, the sort of the, the, you know, the, the media focus uh, disappears and, and, you know, and you're left with what you're left with. It, it must've been particularly because you had that personal connection with there when you, when you went there for the first time, I mean, that must've been quite a, an, an extraordinary, experience for you personally to witness it was, that it, it was pretty shocking well it was more than pretty shocking i don't mean to modify it was it was it was devastating um and uh, uh and at that point there wasn't a clear sense of ev of even how many how many people uh had uh um had had, had died uh 
And, but it, it's, you, you know, it's one of those things where, where pictures can't do justice. I mean, our, 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 our film tries, but our film can't do justice. It, when you're, when you're there and, uh, and, and you just, you see it and you feel it and you, you register it on, you know, and every set of eyes that, you know, that, that, that who you can, you know, you can make contact with, mm. uh, it's, it's palpable. And I'll tell you in a, in a strange, in a very different way, but I'm the first, the first film I ever worked on was when I was a very young boy. It was 1958 and it was Europe. And, um, and there were places where you could see areas that were still destroyed from world war two mm. and flat flattened and where we were shooting, you know, there were, there were sections that had not been rebuilt yet. And, uh, and you know, this, this felt like a very similar uh, in, in that sort of ghost-like quality. Yeah. I mean, in this case, it was so immediate. It had just transpired and, and, and with this shocking intensity and speed. Um, to tell the story so well and to really kind of connect with the, the personal tragedy that, that, that everyone's going through for, in, in various ways, it was, you know, finding these people that, that you needed to tell the story was such an important thing. And Michelle, I mean, you know, as soon as you, you come on screen, you kind of, you know, I, I, you, we're left, you, you feel like we know you because you have this warmth that you just immediately exude as soon as you're on screen. You're, you're wonderful and you're incredibly inspired. And I have to say from watching you in this film. And so thank you for, for the time tonight. What was your reaction? Because you were going through this you know, with your, with your friends, with your family at the time. And, and you have a, you have a film crew who kind of, who rock up and they go, we want to, we want to, you know, we want to film this. We want to tell your story something. What was, what was your reaction? What was the reality of that like? Well, I, I was fine with it. I, I didn't even think twice. Zan and Liz, they're two producers and they just have a warmth that they exude. We have become very good friends over this and we still are good good friends to this day and they just they build the trust in you to you don't even realize that they're there I mean there were a couple times when we were in some big meetings and I would say some words that I turned them and say oh my gosh take that out because <laughs> they weren't words I wanted out there that I say I'm not and sure we did I'm not sure we we took them all out did we <laughs> <laughs> Because you you stop thinking about them, you're you're yeah. so into the moment and what you're going to do, you know, with your own personal life and then with my professional life with the schools that you just forget they're there and you go about doing things that you have to do to make sure people are safe and they have what they need. It's, Michelle um, was so so heroic as we started focusing in on on individuals that we wanted to follow. She was both incredibly articulate and uh, about it and active just in the middle of everything. And right now her entrance in the movie is this sort of shot from inside a car and she's getting out and it pans around. And the, you know, the, 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 the narrative movie maker in me keeps always wants, always thinks, you know, that, that Sergio Leone, badass, good, bad, and the ugly music. Because you just feel like Michelle kind of, she's on the case. Yeah. If she's, yeah, if she's on your side, you are winning. You're well ahead. You are well ahead. Well, that, that was the school that I was principal at several years before. It was the oldest school in paradise. And the first time 
I had gone there. I went there the day after the fire. Uh, the fire chief took took me up there, and it was, you know, every emotion in the world came out to see that to see that school totally destroyed. Um, but then you get into the mode that okay, how do we fix this? How do we get kids back? What do we need to do? This is this is a devastating thing, and doggone it. But is it going to define us, or are we going to keep moving on? Mm. How was it for you? How was it for you watching the film for the first time, Michelle? Hmm, it was pretty rough. I I think I had a bottle of Rombauer and a whole box of Kleenex, and it was pretty rough. But Zan and Liz prepared me, and they were with me, and they said, "Okay, here's a scene. Get prepared." And so they kind of prepared me for different scenes. Uh, of course, the roughest scene was at my husband's celebration with the kids beside me, and um, it was it was rough. I was so so proud of Ron though and his crew for what they did. It's just a beautiful beautiful story, and it needs to be told because of all the climate change. Also, it just mm. it needs to be told. That's the wonderful thing I think about the film is that it, is that it's so many things, Ron. It's not just a straightforward documentary about a tragedy um it is you know all these individual characters that we we meet and we're introduced to could could almost have their own standalone movie or documentary but then even underneath all that you have all these incredible themes going on as well and really important questions that are being raised by you because i think that that's the thing about a really great documentary is that it's not giving you answers to everything. It's not telling you the right and the wrong, the solutions, what should have happened or not. It's almost making you question. Was that the intention, you know, from the start? Without a doubt. It was always about, you know, observation. Um, and, uh, and there, you know, there was no agenda because there was sort of no way to have one going into the film. Uh, I'm still early enough in my, in my sort of development as a, as a documentarian um, and that uh, I, A, both uh, so enjoy the company of the full-fledged document, documentary filmmakers that I, that I get to work with on all of these, on all of these projects. But, but um, so far, I've, I've almost always selected a, you know, a, a movie. Like I, I, did a, I did a film about looking behind the scenes at a, at a Jay-Z music festival uh called made in america that was the first film i did and i started thinking well this is like altman this is like nashville let's just follow <laughs> the tentacles of everyone involved and let's see what we see what we learn uh the beatles eight days a week i i i you know i we were only doing the touring years i started to think of it as das boat it's like they're this group of people they care about each other they're on a mission all kinds of things are going on you know out there that they don't fully understand or can't entirely grasp but they know they're trying to get from here to there and stay alive um and you know Pavarotti was more of a family story and 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 uh, and, and the story of a uh, of uh, uh you know a family navigating uh, mm-hmm. a complicated uh, you know existence um and and an emotional one uh, and yet still a celebration of this unique talent um and and with with Paradise, I began to think as I as we began interviewing people, and I began meeting people, and even shooting a little bit. I rode along in the car with Michelle, interviewing her at one point. And not, I'm not great, but some of those shots made it in the in the movie. Uh, but um, began to think of it as our town, um, because um, 
you know, it, I, I thought that the voices of the, uh, of the people who were going through it were going to be more important than, uh, than our trying to, to present a narrative. Uh, and, and at the, you know, at the end of the day, um, I think the thing that surprised me the most was it, it's a, you know, certainly it reveals vulnerabilities in society. It, you know, that despite being in a fire area, despite a lot of, a lot of, you know, effort, conversation, planning, you know, they, they it still couldn't be enough for this. So yeah. the unexpected can happen. What does that, what does that look like? And what is, the, what are the safety nets in place? What do we, what do we, what do we, what do we really need um, us human beings when, when um, that kind of ca catastrophe strikes? It's sometimes it's, you know, it's more than you were perhaps willing to invest in ahead of time or would have supported uh, ahead of time. So I thought those were, you know, th those were interesting, but the real object lesson to me was in problem solving because what a great example of people like Michelle, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, her late husband, Phil, before he passed, you know, just throwing in and saying what needs, what needs to be done here. Yeah. And suddenly there is a common goal that, you know, the, 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 the handful of people, the couple of thousand people that sort of decided we're really going to try to fight this and hang in, um, would meet at these meetings and they'd argue and they'd struggle, but they would move the needle and they could do it because they, you know, they had this in common and they decided to. And yeah. to me that if there's an inspiring lesson or something to really glean from this, it's that we're still pretty good problem solvers. Uh, when, but do, does it always have to be a catastrophe to rally us like that is, yeah. is I, I hope a question that people think about. I was really inspired as well by, by, by the, and I love that you sort of really showed the different generations of community of paradise. You know, you told the stories, the characters, you know, Zach and Brandon, for example, you know, these kind of young kids who, who almost kind of, there was, there was a real drive in them to kind of, to, to stay and to, to find their place and to find a purpose for, for what paradise was to them. Was that important for you to kind of almost show you know, these different generations of, of characters from this place and how it affected them and, and how they, they found this resilience and within the situation. Well, in the, in the beginning, you know, we, we, we went and, and Zan and, and uh, 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 Liz and, 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 and our, our camera teams, and we were just casting a wide net. Mm -hmm. And so again, sure, we were looking for people of various generations, um, and circumstances and exploring, but we, you know, we, we couldn't really, we couldn't manipulate this. And that's not what we were doing. We were fortunate that people were not kicking us out. Uh, and, and so slowly but surely, you know, we began to see um, this was going to be a film about the people who, who are resilient and choose to, to, to try, yeah. you know, um, there were a lot of people who left they disappeared so quickly we couldn't keep up with them. There yeah. were people that we interviewed who were fascinating and some of them are in the film in the first, you know, minutes of the film. And we don't know, we couldn't find them. Couldn't find them to even follow up. So, the, it, you know, the, the, it, the film presented itself to us, the narrative presented itself to us. And I will just say just, I, just a, a little nod. Um, I might be wearing this 
I am wearing. I'm wearing the Jacob Burns Film Center. It's a it's a uh, it's it's a um, uh, media learning group and a film society that I'm I'm a, a board member in here in New England in uh, Connecticut. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, Jonathan Demi was one of the founders and a great guy, fantastic guy, and a great documentarian as well as of course an Academy Award winning um, uh, you know narrative uh, director and. Uh, when I first, I first asked him if I could take the leap, I was a little intimidated by it. And he said, do it. This was before that Jay-Z documentary. He said, do it, go in with a point of view. You need that, but, but recognize that, that you're going to be surprised and that's going to be the good news. It's not yeah. going to be the story that you think it is. Um, and so, uh, the rebuilding paradise was the, the first really vivid example of that. I was always, uh, grateful that Jonathan nudged me in this direction. And I, uh, I, I miss him a lot, we all do. Michelle, for you, in terms of, you know, we watch these, this, you know, Ron used the word resilience there, and it's, you know, it's incredible, the determination as well. And, and the graduation obviously is, is a big, big moment. In, and oh, I mean, I, I, I cried so much uh, at the, when, they, when, they, when the kids throw their hats up and you see they've done all their own personalized you know, sort of things on the top. And then there's an amazing kind of spirit to these kids in paradise that I, I haven't really seen on screen anywhere else. I don't think there's, what was that like for you to watch and how, how would you describe that? Well, being a member of the community for 30 years and my own three kids, our own three kids graduate from paradise. It's a multi-generational town and a lot of those kids, their parents had graduated, their, grand, their grandparents, and that's why it was such a big deal to them to graduate on Omraith Field. And when I made that pledge in front of the entire town a week after the fire, I think I walked off and probably used a couple words about how in the world am I gonna pull this off? But I don't think I said that. And so <laughs> then I just started working on it and they just kept throwing things after things, the water thing, the trees, the everything, mm -hmm. you can't do this, it's not gonna work. And it's like, don't tell us we can't. That's all these kids are asking for. They've lost their homes, they lost their schools, they're working out of storefronts. No, that's, that's not acceptable. What do we need to do? And then you get all the state bureaucracy and the federal bureaucracy and the trees were a big issue, huge issue on how to get the trees down. And I just, how did we do this? And money always seems to be an issue with the federal government and the state government. It's like, no, 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 there's gonna be a way of, I'll take my chainsaw, we're gonna cut them down and say, oops, sorry. We're gonna get those trees down, those kids are gonna walk on that field. And that's what we did. It, a long story short, and a lot of, a lot of tears, and making friends with the governor and the state superintendent, those kind of things and saying, please, please, you, you have to ask for help. Yeah. And I asked for help. And, and, and I think part of that exuberance, um, you know, Edith really is that um, the, when I talked to some of the kids and this is actually after the, after it was over, but, but they were pretty negative. A couple of the guys, Zach and a couple of the people that we interviewed were, you know, they, they remember they said, well, it's in the film. I'm, I'm not even, you know, I'm not going to go to graduation unless it's yeah. there. And, and it, later when we were screening at Sundance, the guy, a couple of those guys came and, and they said they never in a million years 
thought the graduation would happen. And I think a lot of the students wanted it, but, but thought it was a bridge too far. Um, but, uh, you know, Michelle and, uh, and, 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 those, and her supporters, you know, they built that bridge somehow and they got it done. Oh, we, we, all, we all need a Michelle in our life, basically. <laughs> we could all use a Michelle. We really could. <laughs> we all need a Michelle in our life. That is oh, for sure. Thank you. The, um, <laughs> the, the footage as well, you know, at the, at the start, obviously you, you managed to get hold of all this, you know, whilst, while this fire is raging. Um, was that easy to access? Did you, how did you access it, that? We just began asking questions early on, and it actually started with uh, fire and police body cameras. And I and then I kept saying, I wonder if people had the presence of mind to video this or not. And uh, so uh, I think Liz uh, got on Facebook and 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 honestly just started asking questions. And and we personally would ask people, mm. um, you know, just when we were interviewing them, and we began to see that that yes, there was this uh, incredible uh, wealth of, uh, of footage that was, that was so intense. We started trying to sort of analyze how we would, how, how we would apply it. Um, and, uh, you know, as with documentaries, you sort of have to discover these things, but it became clear that we could create, uh, you know, thanks to, uh, to Gladys and, and, and Mickey, these unbelievable uh, mm -hmm. editors who, who sifted through you know all of this 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 incredibly harrowing uh sequence it's it's about as intense as anything i've ever been involved with as Absolutely. a director um and so personal um and and then we every once in a while we would we would revert to it just to keep reminding audiences that 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 terrifying 9 or 10 minute sequence these are the people remember don't forget they lived mm -hmm. through that their yeah. thinking their decisions it, everything is informed by that. And uh, uh, so it, be, it became a, almost a, a motif to occasionally go back to, to, that, to that footage. Uh, but uh, it, was, it was powerful. But uh, people wanted this story told. And I think when they saw that we weren't leaving, that, yeah. that we, we were going to keep coming back. I, you know, when, when um, Zan and Liz got to know people, I, you know, I came when I could and to visit and connect. Uh, I, I think there was a, there was a kind of a trust that was built up um, that, uh, that I think our, our film really benefited from. I guess the hardest, hardest thing must have been known when to, when to stop and when to leave and when the kind of almost. That's, the where, the that's where the real documentarians come in. And <laughs> uh, because uh, I'm a big baby. The minute I think somebody's a little uncomfortable, I want to get out of the room. Uh, but that's not what good documentarians do. Um, you know, they 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 um, you know they don't pester, but you know they they in their way they know they know they know how to uh, to understand. Well, they look they've had they've had you know hours and years of experience uh, engaging with people, and yeah. and uh, uh, of course these are great people with great hearts, but they also know that that um you know we're we're here trying to understand something and 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 uh sometimes that's you know it's it's not going to be entirely comfortable they don't provoke or or dig in but that you know they have a kind of a an emotional endurance that in, maybe i don't uh to 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 stay a little longer and ask another question 
was was it easy to know though when you kind of go okay i think we've got we've got what we need to make a film you know in terms of we, 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 have were, to, we have to go now kind of thing you know sort of well we always knew we wanted to basically do the year so you know we 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 uh we we, we knew we you know and it's a much bigger story than that and paradise california is uh you know is it's it's yet to be determined you know to what extent it can come back and will flourish and so forth but we just wanted to look at that really intense period of time and uh, so that was our understanding but you know we began editing immediately and building yeah. threads because that would help us understand how to how to focus our resources uh and you know and by the last sort of four months of the story we we were we were going back and revisiting people that we already we already we already knew were engaged in a way and we had scenes we had moments we had conversations that uh, pr presented questions narrative yeah. questions that we would want to have uh answered and uh, so it, 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 you know, as I said, it, it, it's a story that, that defined itself and we just kept uh, chipping away and looking. Um, and this is where my, my scripted experience in the documentary realm serves me well, because mm -hmm. um, as a director, I really shoot for the editing room. I, I, I'm interested in those little happy accidents and yes i go with a plan and stage the actors but i'm always have a b camera shooting and i'm always excited when they come up with something that surprises me something i wouldn't have necessarily thought of mm -hmm. and then go in and really see what your story is my my first cuts are usually long and kind of awkward because i've i've wanted to explore on the set uh, even though we might have a script that we all believe in and uh and see what else we could find so finding that story honing it uh, in 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 all the in all the docs that I've worked on so far has been the part where I feel like I've in many ways I've been able to contribute um, the most and uh, and and I've learned from it as well. Michelle, I th I think um, it's a a beautiful tribute to your late husband as well um, and and his his personality and his character and and your relationship and and what you meant to each other but also what he meant to what Paradise meant to him as well. What do you think he'd have made of the film? You're gonna love the film. Uh, Zan and Liz, the first time they came to Paradise, my husband and the fire chief were the first two people they met. Mm -hmm. And then Phil came and said, you've got to meet these two ladies, you're gonna love them. Like I said, they have become my dear friends. Uh, he loved them and he loved the town. And he was always at the emergency operations center. I've never seen my husband as upset as he was for those eight months. Um, his heart was broken. I mean, being being the president of the fire chief of the fire safe council and then having this happen. And he knew, we all knew it was a possibility. That's why we had the to-go bags. That's why we didn't lose as many lives because we had practiced. We literally shut down roads and practiced how to get out of town. Mm. And, but it just, he personalized it so much that it was so hard for him uh, to even comprehend and so that that was difficult. It was difficult to watch him feel like he took some responsibility for that because he was, I mean, he was our three kids' best friend. He was my best friend. It's just, it's devastating to know that, um, that he's not gonna see the rebuild and, and that he didn't get to see the film because he loved Ron. He talked all the time about being at Sierra Nevada, having a, having a beer with Ron. Um, 
yeah, it's he it's, was a great. Uh, he was a, one of these guys who's just uh, in 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 the most unaffected way is just charismatic and a kind of a natural leader. And 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 you know the couple of times that I sort of saw him in action in conversation, he was he was just he was just one of these people, smart, committed, um, and uh, and and really really um, you know personable. It was it was yeah. great to have a beer with him. It was fascinating and 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 uh, memorable. I'm going to toast one to him tonight after we finish this. We've had some lovely um, some comments from people as well and reactions to the film uh, that are coming in. Uh, JC, Chrissy, and lots of people just, just not really with questions, just thoughts and thanks for these as well, which is so nice. Uh, JC, Chrissy says, thank you, BAFTA, for putting this on uh, and greetings from London. Uh, Laurie Kearns says, good morning from Southern California. Um, Stay safe, says Sophia. Hello, everybody. Greetings from London. Um, Laurie says, looking forward to seeing the documentary. Thank you so much, Mr. Howard. Um, hello, everybody. Greetings from London. Uh, Angela says, greetings from the Lake District, where forest is very dry at the moment, and after two months, not much rain. Um, yeah. This is great. Laurie says, Michelle is awesome and an incredible woman. She's my <laughs> sister. I also yes. lived in paradise. Uh, there is nobody better to tell a story than Michelle John. We all agree on that one for sure. Uh, Barbara Butler says, the high school graduation on the field made me cry. I was so happy you were able to put that together. Bravo. Um, Alison says, nice job. You really did this fantastic work on this film. And um, thank you from Santa Monica. Uh, amazing true stories and real people. Uh, the source for great movies, which is a really valid point, I think, Ron, from someone who, you know, who's, who's made extraordinary films on both sides of it. And I think it's so, it's so lovely to hear you talk about how you were, a, you were out of fear of going into making documentaries, you know, in terms of how accomplished you are as a filmmaker. But I guess that those two worlds almost might, must help each other in a way as well, like you were talking about earlier. Yeah, well, I've, I've, I've learned uh, a lot and I'm, I'm just finishing up a, a scripted film right now for Netflix called Hillbilly Elegy, which is, you know, another film based on, on real events. Yeah. But we were struggling to get an idea solved uh, in the editing room of some months back. And I, I literally said, how would they do, how would we do this in a documentary? How would we get this idea across? Because what's, what's fascinating is you, you, you learn so much. Um, and yet, you know, if you're playing fair, if you don't have a narrator, um, you, 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 who can explain your, your, you know, your, your, your thesis and your mm -hmm. premise and point things out, you, you, you know, you, you have, you wind up building, building scenes and inferring, using you know cinematic grammar uh, and uh, and it's the kind of exercise that i haven't actually engaged in all that much because usually i can just you know we'll write a write a wild line or go do a pickup <laughs> shot and uh, and just say it and so i think um i think for me it's it's sort of you know broaden my my sense of cinema and what it means um and it's also stimulating for me because i've learned to i've i really have all from Apollo 13 on, Apollo 13 was the first uh, film that I made based on real events. Mm. You know, I've made a number of them now. I find it incredibly satisfying, um, but it, it, but that's a still a different, a still a different uh, exercise and and a different set of challenges. Um, and uh, and there's a, you know, there 
you're supposed to encapsulate and engross and entertain. And that's part of the understanding. Uh, it's part of the relationship with the audience. It's part, and, and, and with, with the documentary, there's this other tacit understanding that, you know, that's, it's, it's at least one part journalism. Uh, and while it's your, it's going to reflect the filmmaker's point of view, mm-hmm. you know, it's not straight news. Um, it, but, but it is, um, there is, you know, if you're trying to operate with some integrity, it's, it's, it's meant to reflect your observed truth. And um, this is a great question. It's come in from, who did it come in from? Alison. Ron, she wants to know how long was your first assembly? Oh, well, it was, it was in the 245 to three, but you have to realize that because it took a year, mm-hmm. I mean, we almost never had an assembly until we had a cut. I mean, we are, are we, because we kept building them, um, you know, in first in these sort of pods, following characters, then beginning to intercut them, then to get a sense of the rhythm and already shortening. So we never had like a complete, we never didn't have the luxury of here's everything we have strung together. Let's have a look. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, the first time we sat down, it was pr- probably dealing with the first three months and it was, you know, probably 45 minutes of, yeah. of material. So we were always shaping right until we basically, you know, gray, um, grabbed the files and, uh, and, 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 and ran to Sundance because we were just, uh, just barely, barely completed the movie before we premiered it at Sundance. I love that. I have a, a proper image of you with a reel of film under your arm. Can't, <laughs> yeah, you can't, it's not as romantic anymore. It's just a little thing. You know, it's just, Shh, you don't spoil it, it for me. Not don't spoil it. Um, what else have we got here this is great Um, JP O'Connor and Matt Bolin Paradise Residence the Payne family love the John family Uh, we miss Phil greatly they sing Um, thank you says Ronnie Masuda Um, and this is a question kind of covered it with that question you said about the difference between um, challenges between docs and narrative but another question off the back of that is how many camera crews did you work with on, on this film um, there were a couple of, a couple of times we had two camera crews to cover Christmas and a couple of other bigger scenes, uh, um, uh, and, and, uh, uh, some of the, the, the meetings, Phil's celebration and town council and a few things like that. When, when I would go, I would usually try to shoot. It's a little pathetic, <laughs> but as I said, you know, sometimes, uh, uh, you know, even, uh, uh, even a, a, a blind pig finds an acorn. Uh, and, uh, but, but, uh, but for the most part, it, it was, uh, you know, it was, it was one camera operator covering the story and, uh, um, you know, we had, we had, uh, uh, several, several teams that would come and go. And, and also we were able to collect and, co- and collaborate quite a bit with some local filmmakers, Brilliant. Um, just iPhone footage. But I mean, some of that footage in the fires, uh, some slow-mo, material and so that's beautifully photographed and that's that's a professional um you know living in paradise and so our main crews led by zan and liz would um you know they they they'd get there a couple of times a month usually um but there were uh, certain events that just needed to be followed and they would they had relationships with people uh filmmakers who would go cover it. So there was a lot of collecting and gathering uh, and, um, and, and, uh, and, and a, lot of, a lot of cooperation, which we all appreciate. Um, 
I'd love to ask quickly about the music, if you don't mind, because um, it's a huge part of the film, I think, as well. Mm -hmm. Just a, a beautiful score by Hans, Hans Zimmer and Lorne Balf, who I, who I know you've, um, you've worked with before, Super Hans. Um, I think you referred to him last yeah, time. Yeah, we yeah, spoke. yeah, or the maestro. Or the maestro. Yeah. Uh, Hansylvania. Zimmer Monica. He's got a wonderful, in Santa Monica, a wonderful studio. We call it Zimmer Monica. Uh, the, uh, well, I've worked with Hans many times. I've worked with Lauren, you know, uh, Balf many, many times as well. Um, Lauren also did uh, uh, Genius, my season of Genius uh, that I worked as a director in, uh, uh, with, uh, uh, about Albert Einstein. Mm. Um, and, uh, uh, and I was, you know, I was meeting with, with Hans coincidentally to talk about the fact that I was going to do hillbilly elegy and I was inviting him to do that. And I said, but I've, I've launched into my first Verite documentary and crews are there. I just got back from paradise. Um, and he said, I want to do that one too. Uh, and, um, and so he did, Lauren wound up doing a tremendous amount of work. Uh, you know, and, and both were, um, you know, really committed to the, to the film and, and, and of course, incredibly creative, but, and, and just, uh, you know, a, a great feeling for what it could be. For me, it's been a pretty fascinating, I don't know, 18 months or so, what, it, 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 two years, um, to be so focused on, on two stories that are so American. I've been working outside the U.S. a lot, mm. uh, you know, and, and, uh, um, and it was interesting right at this moment to, to be so focused on kind of contemporary um, American heartland um, and from two different perspectives. J.D. Vance's family story based on his memoir and, and of course, our documentary about Paradise, California. And uh, so it was, it was, it's been, um, you know, um, I, I tackled these stories because I could relate to them and I could connect mm. with them. And I had a sense of the people. These were, these were people living in communities where I, I recognized the cadences of the voices and those expressions and, and the attitudes. Um, and, uh, and it was, uh, you know, it's been, it's been great to, to sort of re engage um, and, and, and understand. And I've, yeah. uh, you know, it's been, it's been a fascinating creative uh, couple of years getting these two stories ready to share. Michelle, how, how's, how's paradise now? You know, it's kind of almost like I want to, I want to know how everybody is and how you are. And It's slowly being rebuilt very, very slowly. Uh, I think there's probably close to 5,000 people now. Uh, we had to, well, we lost five of our nine school campuses. So we combined our campuses all together in, in a few campuses. Um, kind of devastated the school system. We have less than half of the people we had before. Uh, I, I personally, the house my husband and I had lived in was way too much for me. And we did not lose our house. Uh, we were one of, what, 3% that didn't lose our house. So I was lucky enough to sell it. But I bought a small piece of property there. Even though I've moved to Nevada right now to be closer to my kids, we raised our kids. Paradise is our home. And, uh, and although the friends are scattered far and near, our close group, a lot of them are still there because they're the ones that are rebuilding. Mm -hmm. So I will eventually go back to paradise. I, that's, it's just Phil for me also. 
I think it's going to be a slow, hard rebuild, and it will not look the same, but hopefully it will be better. It will be better. Um, the personal stories are sad on what people are doing and how difficult it is to them, for them. But I think that I think that people have the resiliency and I think that they will rebuild slowly. And if they don't, they're going to start their lives somewhere else, mm -hmm. which is better for them and their family. There's some real sad stories. It's very tough on relationships. It's that, and then a lot of people haven't made it together and that kind of breaks your heart when that happens. Yeah. Um, it's just such a big tragedy that you think this will never happen to our town or us. And then when it does, and you're right in the middle of it, it's kind of surreal. It's still a surreal at this point in my life. Surreal that Phil's not here, surreal everything that's happened the last 18 months. It's some days you, you can't even imagine that it could have occurred, but you don't have a choice. You have to keep going and try and make it better. Well, I can't thank you personally enough for sharing your story and allowing Ron, you know, and his team to, to tell your story and, and such a personal story as well. Um, but your resilience is something that, you know, and your determination and your spirit is something that I, I think just exudes this film. It's extraordinary. So thank you so much for your time, Michelle. Um, it's been wonderful to chat to you. And Ron, congratulations on this film. Uh, it's been great to chat to you both. Take care. Be safe. Thank Thanks. you, guys. Thank you, Thank you everybody, for watching. Bye. Take care, everyone. Be safe. Thank you very much. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for joining us. And remember, you can listen to previous BAFTA sessions and podcasts at guru.bafta.org.